Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the RC Industry Podcast, episode 19. For those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, TV, and today, PR. Mel Brown founded Impressive PR about 20 years ago, and originally represented bands like Snow Patrol and Coldplay, and in the last 15 years or so, has represented um, most of the biggest comedians in the UK, if not the world, including Joan Rivers, Jimmy Carr, Russell Brand, and Stuart Lee. We've gone around because, A, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings and myths around what PR is. This was first discussed in Bob Slayer's episode of the podcast, where he had a bit of a rant about middle men, or in this case middle women, in comedy and the PR industry during the Edinburgh Fringe. I've since had a lot of discussions with performers about PR and about the industry itself, and there's a lot of general misconceptions and myths that come up uh, over and over again. So I had her on to uh, have her own say on it and to maybe debunk some of those myths and I feel like she tackled pretty much every question head on. Questions like, do PRs just charge £5,000 for a month's worth of work and get pissed for a month during Edinburgh? Um, which is something I ask her and you'll get to hear her response to that. I had a really nice time chatting with her. I think it's a great interview and I think um, there are some amazing points that she gets to make about how PRs and industry in general look at the fringe and look at shows and analyse what they're going to go and see. So I think if you're looking at going to the fringe, uh, as in performing or ever going up to take up a show, you'll get something out of this. If you're not looking at going to a fringe, it's probably something worth listening to anyway, just so you have a bit more of a background uh, knowledge of what's going on in the mind of someone in the industry. Before I hit play on the interview itself, uh, just a few quick notes um, for people to be aware of. One, we have a Facebook group. Please join it. Um, We've got loads of discussions going on in there, and I'm constantly sharing... uh, Well, not constantly. That'd be blooming annoying. But I'm regularly sharing um, articles that I find on how to write, how to perform, how to grow as a performer, and uh, also I keep people as up-to-date as possible in there on new guest confirmations. So if you want to know anything additional that's going on in the podcast that's the most reactive place to get it um if you would like to join the newsletter to get an alert when each one of these comes out uh you can do that on the website i've just set that up 
Um, and there's also a special newsletter for patrons, which we'll get to in about two minutes' time. If you could share the links with people, it would be really useful. I would say my listens at the moment are 60% from the organic audience itself and 40% from people sharing the links. So it does help and it is really useful and it I can't thank you enough. So if you have a minute um, and you think someone could benefit from this podcast, please do pass on the link, either the iTunes, Stitcher or direct web link so people can stream it off the website and uh yeah that would be just amazing thank you very much for that ahead of time if you are enjoying the podcast and you would like to financially support it please do consider giving me a one-off donation there is a link on the website there's a link everywhere on the website to paypal and it enables you to give as much or as little as you can afford slash want to do um i really enjoy uh getting sort of paypal uh, donations and all the money gets plowed back into the show so please don't uh hesitate to support the show in whichever way you think it is worth just put a monetary value on it say you think this podcast is worth two pounds to you for some reason and um you've listened to five episodes send me a tenner simple system at all if you would like to become a patron of the podcast i've set up a patreon page um, now you can find links for that again on the website or you can go to patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash ask the industry podcast basically what patreon does is you are able to tell patreon how much in dollars because it's an american site you would like to donate to each episode that comes out at the end of each month patreon will say you said that you would sponsor Simon $5 per episode. He has put out three episodes. We're going to ask you to pay him now $15, which uh, I think $5 is about £3.50. So that's what you're looking at per episode. The reason I'm really pushing that is because long term, I would like to start doing live shows. The only way I can really do that is if I can work out budget wise how much money I have to offer guests to come on and how much money I have to rent rooms and put into to finding the venues. So, yeah, it would be really useful if you could sponsor that. I sort of have targets on there. Um, Patreons get um, an exclusive email to tell them that stuff's coming out and when it's coming out. Also, every Patreon, when I do live shows, will be given the ticket link to every live show ahead of anyone else then the next group of people that will be told will be the people in the Facebook group. So if you can't sponsor, do join the Facebook group because that still gives you the option to become the next potential in the priority order for that. And then after that goes out to the general public. Just to give you a sample snippet of the kind of things I'm trying to put on, uh, I have an idea for a panel of reviewers where we're going to have a couple of the... Well, hopefully have a couple of the reviewers on that have already been on, plus some new ones um, from the world of comedy where you can ask them whatever you want via me and they'll discuss amongst themselves and answer the question so you can get a comprehensive answer and there'll be some really good debates. So I'm hoping to do that for reviewers, uh, comedy commissioners for TV, uh, radio producers, obviously again for comedy, and potentially PR, but I'm sort of debating whether that will work or not. And yeah, so that's my long-term plan. If you're interested in that happening, please do go and become a patron it's sort of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If you support the podcast at these early routes, I will support you by sending you the ticket links early on. And if there's something else you would like, say you want to give $50 a podcast, I'm not going to stop you if you can afford to do that. 
Um, do let me know what you would like back as a reward if you want anything as a reward and I'll totally help you out with that so uh, that's where I'm at with project wise hope uh, this wasn't too rambly and uh, without any further delays this is Mel Brown yeah and you know the very first thing that I sit down and you know if it's a comedian that is totally green that haven't got an agent hasn't hasn't got a promoter most of the time they won't know what a PR is and I will tell them I would say that most said most of my shows do have a promoter and an agent and they would have made sure that they know what a PR is and what we do I've been told, and I don't know if this is true or not, by the way, um, the reason I've invited you on is because uh, the podcast is me basically interviewing influential people from the world of comedy and stand-up and TV and stuff, and your name keeps coming up. And I feel like a lot of the time some people don't understand what PR is, and so there's a lot of misinformation. So I've invited you on to basically allow you to have your say on it, if that makes sense. No, that's good. Um, And I've been told that you don't represent anyone on the free fringe. That's not true. Uh, I do. And I am representing somebody on the free fringe this year, Stuart Black, who's an amazing comedian, quite dark, aptly named Stuart Black. Um, I, I do not take you know more than one or two of the free fringe and they have to be totally exceptional i just think it's harder if you're on the free fringe to get the attention that you need in the main as in you mean like in like press or do you mean from a media coverage point of view i i'm i'm specifically looking after media i think from a public point of view it's brilliant i think i i think free fringe is essential and uh, you know really really good um because obviously it gives the public an opportunity to go in and see co- comedy and and you know pay very little obviously there's buckets at the end of each show so as a concept i think it's fantastic but from a, it's a very very different thing if you're pring free fringe shows and there's several obstacles as a pr that you come up against including saving tickets for media you know quite often the shows are yeah. full and the comedians got other things to worry about than saving seats for press um you know shows don't always tend to be running on time so again that's detrimental for for reviewers going in uh, it's very hard to police uh so for, for me you know although we try and get people to book in with us to, for all of for, for our free fringe shows um it's absolutely easy to do it on a paid venue but for free fringe quite often you know we'd have sold the act in a very good way and they might just turn up and we try to go to see the shows with the journalists so it's very difficult to police hence i always i prefer not to take any free fringe shows but i do i have for the last two years represented Stuart black on the free fringe so is it more or less expensive to work with you if you're on the free fringe? Because I might... We, we have a set price. So it's okay. based on venue size. So right. it's irrelevant whether it's free fringe or paid venue. It's still the same job and the same price. If anything, it's harder yeah, on say. the free fringe. But we don't charge more just because it's harder. Well, no, because it sounded like it was more... Not because not it's harder, but because it's more hours and more intensive work. It makes sense that you would charge different amounts. No, means. we just... I think the fairest way is to, to, to do it based on venue size and it's just across the board set rate. Okay. So... That makes sense. Yeah. And, and what do you... Because th- a lot of comedians are going solo, as it were, at the moment. Mm. And they're sort of doing their own PR, their own coverage, their own uh, management, everything, really. Do you- mm, there's not many that are doing that. I mean examples from your side there's a 
the handful of comedians that are kind of doing well that don't have any representation from agents to PRs. I don't, I don't think there's very many. Okay. There's a lot on the free fringe that aren't at the level that they have got an agent that are doing everything themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So do you think there are too many middle people in comedy or... I think there's room for everybody as long as you're good. You know, we look after brand newcomers that have never done the fringe before. Um, some of which have agents, some of which don't have agents. Um, you know, um, mainly they are all in the paid venues. Um, and then we take, uh, you know, household names and established comedians that are on TV all the time. And then there's the middle people that have, aren't newcomers but they're also not the established but they're like the people that could be household names in two years time so every 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 act is different i take on comedians that i love and i think are funny and that's the only rule i go by so so when someone approaches you to represent them in pr like what's what's the process for that so so say say i came to you and said i'd love you to do my pr do you do i invite you to a show do i yes the first i mean normally uh i mean if you're a british comedian then we would come and see you uh that's the first thing i mean we start looking at new clients straight after the festival the year before you, you mean uk based just if you're uk based yeah, sorry, yeah. if you're a uk based comedian then absolutely we would then uh come and see new comedy from you know straight after the festival the year before for the following year mm. um normally we stop actively going from november and uh, by the end of February, we're full up. What's full up for you? What's like your... Um, we can only take so many comedians. Normally, we have a roster, bearing in mind there's seven of us at the festival. It's usually about 15 stand-ups. Right. But we normally take more than that to the festival as far as different types of comedy shows, cabaret shows, theatre. We don't just do comedy. Okay. But the festival is comedy biased. So our roster is comedy slanted yeah of course uh, when, when i spoke to uh, neil mckinnon he's the um head of media uh the edinburgh fringe he said that um you should when you're looking for a pr person you should find someone who specializes in the genre you deal with because that like it's it's such a specific thing to to deal with that if you found someone that did uh theater and comedy and drama and whatever mm. um they'd have to either have individual people in house that are specialized in that field or have a I way I disagree of... with that because we're okay. an entertainment PR company so we look after within my company all year round music theater comedy uh and comedy on TV and celebrities and events within entertainment so you know we are entertainment specialist pr company and super established with edinburgh festival shows which we've worked since 1999 was our very first year taking shows to edinburgh um obviously our roster is more comedy biased in edinburgh because as i said before it's a comedy biased festival so our rosters reflected that. We only take on shows that we really want to do, really want to look after. And that's as simple as that. So, okay, so so you'd come see the show. You'd yes. then sit down with the client or you'd say, like if you wanted to, you'd say you'd email them and just say no or you'd, or you'd sit down with them and say either way, we don't think this is right for us. After the show, I would, if I've loved it, I would say, oh, that if I have time, that's amazing. You know, let's, 
sit down and have a chat if I don't like it so much then I probably kind of disappeared before the end or left straight away and then I'll drop them an email or give them a call the following day okay and then and then like do, do you start strategizing from then like how far back do, do you start planning your fringe as it were I start planning my fringe very far in advance um my press releases are written during March and the start of April okay for example today which we're recording is the 20th of April yep. all our press releases are written approved and we're starting off. work now and so you're sending them off to journalists now uh yeah imminently okay and I'm, I'm not trying to preach imminently yes stuff. yeah um okay so you take on roughly 15 shows around around about 15 stand-ups mm-hmm. we've got 15 stand-ups this year okay um then we've got a couple of character comedians we've got one musical um comedian and then the rest of our shows are cabaret or music or dance or theater and what what's your sort of so for, let's just do comedy for now then mm. your comedy what would like a show cost me for example to get you to do my pr well i don't really want to talk about fees okay. on this podcast but okay. if anybody wants to contact me absolutely but it's set rate according to your venue size okay we have a set rate that starts the lowest which is below 100 seater and it's a sliding scale going upwards okay so is it a case of from your end like performers should look at pr as kind of uh the their marketing budget for the whole fringe or do you think they should put effort into flyering or doing other things to help uh, advance their show as a pr we don't get involved in the promotion the promotion is done by a promoter or sometimes quite often that they might not be able to afford a promoter and a pr but i would say 95 percent of our shows do have promoters so the promoter would take care of the poster, the leafleting, the adverts, anything over and above what we do. Our job is to contact the media direct. We have those relationships with the media and therefore get excellent coverage. So so PR is, or your job in PR is specifically contacting journalists for yes. news and reviews? News reviews, previews, features, interviews on TV, on radio, podcasts, online content um what we don't do is i said a promoter's job which is the leafleting street team poster etc advertising we don't get involved in that side of things so so a lot of what uh an agent or a performer would be paying for with your time is your connections with these publications 100 percent. that's what they're, they're paying for us being proactive in seeking out coverage for their shows with our strong contacts tax we've built over years and years and years i mean i've been doing actual pr since 1988 so uh, that's a long time to have strong contacts and as i said comedy pr since 1999 and edinburgh festival shows since 1999 as well okay so i mean when when i spoke to copstick um you, you, what's that for no i love copstick she's amazing. she's amazing yeah i'm a big fan of hers um she she was amazing to talk to and she said that um when she first was going to the fringe it was very much you know sort of an us and them with the paid to the free and uh like a lot of people you know the sort of free fringe was sort of the spring away to the to the paid and lots of people kind of tried to build their own audience through 
you know, basically having a good show. And then she said it became like a case of money talks and then money shouts. And now if you don't have money to a certain degree, it doesn't, you don't kind of get the coverage that you maybe need. I think I'll be, from my point of view, PR and money does not equate at all because it's about the show. And if you've got a good PR, they can, and if they can sell the show, if they're experienced publicists, they know how to sell the show and the angle that you can't buy other than paying for a good PR in the first place. Um, that I think what you're talking about is if you've got a promoter that is willing to put in money, then therefore they can pay more to have more uh, posters up, to have a bigger street team. That's not our job. That's totally separate job. So maybe that's where Copstick was coming from on that. Possibly, yeah. I'm... Definitely not from a PR point of view because our job is based on relationships and selling the shows on a one-on-one basis. It feels, yeah, it feels like there's a bit of a blurred line in general with performers who aren't as industry savvy to know the difference between a promoter. I think you're right. I think there's a massive, um, I think comedians that may be a bit greener to the business don't know the difference between a PR and a promoter. We're totally covering different remits. And and as I said, we do represent shows that don't have promoters. Mm. And it, and it, it sounds like um, from your end, uh, it doesn't benefit you to take on a show that you don't want to maybe see five or six times throughout the Fringe because you'll have to keep going back and telling people uh, to come see it with we, me. We only want to represent people that we love. It's absolutely pointless. What's the point in taking a show on that you can't, that you don't believe in and you therefore can't sell? And yes, we do end up seeing the show multiple times during the festival um, as a team. Uh, you know, personally, I normally see most of my shows at three to six times, maybe some more and I've also would have gone to see it a couple of times at least from the time that we've taken the show on before the festival so (laughs) you have to take on people you believe in you know we had the last year we had the winner of the newcomer award and and another nominee and every year since 99 we've actually had over 27 nominees for the Edinburgh Comedy Awards which is a high success rate was was that like did your PR help them get to that sort of did, did it get to the level of coverage so that they would get noticed for that or was it a case of I think it's I think they have to have talent first and foremost I think mm. first of all it's us spotting the talent and taking on good clients and then of course we can get a buzz going on our clients and that absolutely does help mm. no definitely and I mean because the thing is when I, when I talk to people about PRs a lot of the time they're uh and all due respect their opinions of it is oh they just get paid 10 grand to go to edinburgh drink every night chat to press chat, chat in the, the Who? uh well i don't know I, I, I mean i have to tell you my day in edinburgh is as follows i'm up before the rest of my team i'm looking through the papers by by 8 45 in the morning all my clients would have received a text from me telling what telling them what's in the papers that day uh and my day and most of my team's day might not finish till four in the morning so it, it is a full-time job seven days a week in edinburgh and also approaching edinburgh it's you know it's it's full on put it this way we should get paid a lot more i mean outside of the festival the amount that we charge for each client we would expect a monthly fee of that sum so actually prs do not get paid enough in my opinion for doing the edinburgh fringe 
is it a case of a labour of love then, or is it a case of you you enjoy the atmosphere and and the um, success of making a performer that much coverage that it helps you with other work throughout the rest of the year? Cause I you think it's it as a all of the above. Um, you know, uh, obviously. You know, we want to do well for all of our clients, but our payback, I guess, is getting the touring work, the DVD work, London runs, etc. So you deal with that as well? Absolutely. So if uh, if you, if say, for example, you took on a show, uh, let's say you took on mine just for argument's sake. Um, you, should, you haven't, by the way, just to clarify that. But let's <laughs> I didn't just, realize uh, you were a performer. I, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm a comedian, but we can, we okay. can talk about that. Um, say you took on my show um, and we've had, a, you've seen it, you like it, you're taking it on. Mm. Do you have a meeting with them? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like at maybe this stage, so March, April time? Before that. Okay. Before then. And you say, and they say, I would love to take this. I'll to give the you Soho. some kind of idea. Right. My first show I took on for this year, I took on in September. Right. <laughs> so, and, so, and you've been working through for that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I committed to, to the act, and, mm. you know, it's a newcomer for this year, and I really believe in her. She's called Sarah Callahan. I know her. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I just saw her do 40 minutes at last year's. Uh, festival on the free fringe fell in love with her comedy and uh luckily enough the management wanted me to represent her so i was committed to her then for this year so every you know i don't know if that answers your question actually but anyway i can't remember what the question was <laughs> it, i feel like it's answered other stuff so it's fine okay does that mean that they, they approached you or you approached them because if you, i assume if you see something you really like i got tipped off about her she happened to have the same management as one of my other comedians i then went to see a 40 minute show and i loved her and said look i have to work her i know exactly what to do with her i think she's hilarious it you know, I get tipped off from all sorts of, you know, people. I, I work with, you know, pretty much every promoter. And for the first year, this year, we're working with both Avalon and Off the Curb, which is quite unheard of because they use their own people. Avalon have it in-house and, 
you know off the curb have had their certain people so we literally got a full spectrum of clients the one thing that we don't do is put our eggs in one basket and just work all of one promoters um you know acts we have to believe in the acts and if there was a promoter that you know wants us to work all the acts and i didn't believe in one of them i would actually say i just don't think i can sell this and i have said that quite a few times in the past it makes sense to you know do what you believe in and i I remember i watched an interview with you uh in preparation for this where you said that the main uh tools or or main requirements of a good pr is communication uh or being organized and um i can't remember what the third one was (laughs) that's really bad um but but it was it just it just struck me that it seems like from from that description up to a certain level of comedian they shouldn't be approaching prs anyway you should not be taking on PR if you're doing 40 minutes or less on the fringe. Okay. Full stop. Right. <laughs> is it is there, is it a case of, so if you're, so if you're not you doing... Sorry, you should, just to add to that, you shouldn't even be doing your debut hour unless you're 110% ready. Right. No point. You have okay. to be ready. Right. Is it, I mean, is it a case of, from a PR perspective, you look at the fringe as... Um, uh, a road show like a, an industry road show or do you look at it no as a- it's a massive launching pad for the for the act if you're ready if if the act is ready you know the one thing i will say is most shows are not ready when you go and see them with a view to taking them on like if you know i i have regular repeat clients and you don't know if they're gonna you hope they're gonna deliver an amazing show but you've committed to the client because you believe in them already you there's always that leap of faith you have to take and the same goes when you're taking on somebody new and you've seen them just do 20 minutes you have to take that leap of faith that they're going to be 100 percent ready for the festival sometimes they're not but usually we're right hmm and is it i mean is it... sometimes we get one turd <laughs> is it a case of like uh you are you are sort of the the gatekeeper to this company so if if someone in here really loved like a comedian or a performer and they said can you go and see it and you said you didn't like it but you knew that if somebody was jumping up and down super passionate about an act then i'd absolutely take a view if they were really really passionate about it then we'd take them on okay and so it's not like, um, it's not a democracy in here. It's a kind of uh, a group decision. I, on... I tend to lead the way on the comedy side for sure because I've been doing it a lot longer than most of the team and I'm very much embedded in that. Plus, I'm extremely hands-on with the pitches. So, uh, you know, I, you know I, I'm at the hard point of the selling myself. So... Totally, yeah. I, ha- I, I, I you know, I would say... Well, I can I can honestly say that that's never happened actually, okay. in the whole time that I've been that I've had impressive PR, that somebody has brought me a client and then I haven't loved it. Or to be honest, most of the time I bring in the clients. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So it's you know there are exceptions to the rules, but normally ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's me. So when when. A performer is trying to pick a PR. Should they pick someone who uh, has a similar roster of acts? Because the, you know, I can see what you've done for them, and I think, oh, you can definitely do something for me. Or should I look for a PR who has different acts and like an eclectic mix? Because that way, there's no conflict of interest. God, that's a really good question. I think you need to pick the best, and that's us. <laughs> but what if you didn't like my show? That's the thing. 
then you have to opt for your uh, go to somewhere else but, but I mean, that's that's my thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to work out as a performer and uh, well, as a performer. I, know, I, know. I think our work. I'm talking for, for me and my company speaks for itself hmm. because we have had 27 nominees or winners of the Edinburgh Comedy Awards since nine. Well, actually, since the year 2000, which was our first win. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I I think that my work and my company's work speaks for itself. I think if you get on with the person you know obviously if i like the show the next step is to take a meeting and if you as the performer like what i'm saying and we get on well that's kind of important um then you have to take a a view from that point no totally i just i just wanted to know uh whether because i mean obviously you pick a quite eclectic mix of different yeah we do and you know i think that's for me really important we you know i do look at i have a very i'd have a cut off point for the amount of newcomers i take same with the middle ground same with the big guns uh and then i like having the eclectic mix of other shows like some cabaret as i said theater other things you know we're we're representing a totally unique show this year called Puddles Pittle Pity Party that's coming over from America that's currently doing the rounds in Australia getting glowing reviews and he's a clown uh, that doesn't speak but sings beautifully and you know in the past we've been known for taking odd oddities I suppose we we look after Red Bastard and we also look after the boy with tape on his face so still very much those two acts in the comedy section but not your straight stand-up do you, do you find that it's easier to sell an act that is kind of a I don't want to call, I mean I'm going to use your word oddity just because for from a I mean I've done a bit of journalism work before mm. and I've worked in PR companies on and off for uh, that like they have social wings I do social media for my day job so um, I'm aware that when it comes to selling a story, when you've got an angle like that, it can be more useful. But do you find in Edinburgh, like that's even more helpful because obviously the, there's so many different. Absolutely, of course. Um, you have to use all the angles you have, if you know, with obviously the approval of the client, um, to be able to sell the act because you want to want your act to stand out from all the other acts. There's thousands of acts up there uh, at the festival. Okay. And in terms of, um, say, say there are, I mean, obviously there are loads of comedians out there who do not have the money to uh, mm. hire a PR and also maybe aren't at the level to do it yet. I mean, what advice would you say? Is I say do the free fringe, less than 40 minutes and until you can get an agent or a promoter or you're ready to have a PR and you can afford it. Okay. And why, why, the free, why not the paid fringe? Because the paid fringe, it's going to cost you money. So if you haven't got money for if PR, then how can you afford to do the paid fringe? Well, no, because I mean there are advantages. I mean, there's, there's sort of um, Bob's uh, bookshops are the kind of uh, pay what you want model. That's kind of in between. That's an in between, and that's a potentially good option. But if you're doing that and you're doing a whole hour, you need a publicist. Okay. What's what's the? I mean, why? Why? What's the difference between like the forty minutes to the hour that make, means you need the publicist? Well, if you do well, if you're a newcomer and you do less than 40 or 40 minutes or less you're not considered for the award so you're still when you do your hour or 50 minutes you're still eligible for the newcomer award and therefore are a fringe newcomer okay it means a massive difference from a pr perspective okay so it's a case of um knowing that a you only get one shot at that newcomer award, and b knowing that uh from an industry point of view the industry are going to be looking at you a lot differently if you're doing more than 40 minutes absolutely okay that makes that makes sense um and 
but I mean, of course, you want. I mean, everyone wants a bit of coverage for their show at some point because there's. I don't think necessarily you. I mean, do you think a show, maybe even a free fringe show, could subsist on flyering and posters alone? Yes, I do. If it's a free fringe show under under forty minutes, that's how you will get people in. And the fact that people do go to the free fringe because they don't have to pay very much, they tend to take a punt more, don't they? So. Um, I mean, I think if you're a young comedian that you're developing your skill, best thing to do is go to the free fringe and do a split hour. What about other types of performers? If you had like a show, but you you can't afford to do a... a It depends on the show. If you're absolutely incredible and you're ready, ready, ready for PR, then you need to be able to afford to hire PR. If not, then just go below the radar and just, you know, keep practicing until you are ready and do then have the funds i think one thing that's really important to say is like if you are in a paid venue and obviously all the paid venues do have a pr department those prs are not prs in the traditional sense of prs they are more admin people that are that that they don't they're not proactively selling your show because they simply don't have time to do that so that's why independent prs are so important in the edinburgh fringe okay and in terms of social media, um, a lot of performers turn to that to the kind of build relationships with with journalists and and uh, reviewers and as well as well as PRs. Um, do you think uh, it's possible for uh, performers to build their own kind of network of um, support, and so they so they maybe could put off having PR for for a little bit longer? Or do I you think, think you can do that from a punter point of view, but I don't suggest that individual acts contact journalists because they will get really pissed off okay as in for reviews or as in for uh, news stories in general i think if you haven't got the contact there and they're getting bombarded they're more likely to pick up the phone or look at an email that's sent by a trusted source i.e established pr people that know these people that speak to them day in day out that you know talk to them like face to face and you know just have that knowledge about them what they would like what what would sell quite you know sometimes you'll you will get your news story printed if it's so outrageous and it's like so sellable but most time most of the time acts just sending a press release out that's gonna just not get you anywhere no of course um but i mean if you say for example uh you'd contacted the uh, reviewer let's let's say copstick because i mean when i met up with her oh copsticks and an an enigma yes she she made it very clear that she would be absolutely fine to have stuff sent she's a definitely one off when and i know she said that vocally before many occasions she doesn't mind being contacted direct um but i would say she is the only one okay do you think that's because of her allegiance to the free fringe and i think that she's a maverick and that's the way she rolls, and I love her for it. Okay. And in terms of, I mean, like, uh, I'm just trying to think of how to phrase it. So, uh, you, I mean, you you probably won't be able to... Mm, I'll ask it, you can say no. I was going to say, like, are there specific journalists, maybe you don't want to name them, but are there specific journalists who have said, you know, um, I will listen to your recommendation, but I won't uh, be, because I know who you are and I know your style of like. I your... think I would say that in general, this is a sweeping statement that journalists will take the the established PRs 
calls and meetings because they trust that every year they've had a lot of success with their acts so it's the track record so you do have a trusted ear if you've had a great track record in the past so yeah you've absolutely so would it be I mean, I don't know if this is too far of a statement, but would it be fair to say that every year you're essentially putting your company on the line? Absolutely. You're only as good as your last Edinburgh. That's interesting that you put it that way because that's the way most performers put it as well. So it's it's kind of... I, I th- you know, we, we've been continually successful. And as I said, our success and our client success speaks volumes. So, I mean, mo- most performers go up and um, like, especially free fringe ones and just go, you know, I just really want to get a review. I just really want to get some sort of quote for, for, you know, their own gigging around the circuit and stuff. In, I mean, it sounds like that is, and I mean, I went to the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Roadshow at the weekend and most of the reviewers were like, you know, even if you get us in, we can't necessarily write a review for you because we just have a limited space in the... Exactly. Music. Yeah. So... I mean, do you, I mean, is there a way of of um, or I mean, is it because you guys have these connections that it makes it like are we? Mm, I'm, I'm trying to think about a phrase, but I'm essentially asking uh, when we when we pay for a PR, should we look at it as an investment in we really need a quote and it's like a leg up, but not a guarantee? Because... There are one thing I will also say: there are no guarantees in PR. Right. We can put in all the work until the cows come home but if something doesn't stick it doesn't stick saying that we've always got good coverage for all our clients and some level of you know good coverage and a selection of reviews so when you say good coverage do you you have like a a minimum amount of like no you can't you no pr worth their weight can guarantee anything but you have to look at track record and for us that speaks volumes any PR that guarantees coverage is a shit PR. Are there any other tips you can give us for looking out for PRs that are not necessarily... You have to take on somebody that you feel that passionately believes in you as an artist. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, w- I mean, I suppose you've never had this problem because there are so many people out there doing shows. Statistically, you'd be able to find 15. We turn down a lot of shows every year. Other primary reason for turning it down, the fact that... Um, we because we limit the amount of shows and because we haven't been blown away by what we've seen okay and is it a case of you literally think um because of the way that the fringe is set up and because of the way the industry is set up anything less than 40 minutes don't touch pr i would never ever take a show on that's 40 minutes or less okay because free i know freestyle quite well and uh, i'm with them this year and they are doing um a lot to try and uh, promote half an hour uh, or 20 minute or i think 40 they're minutes. on a loss leader okay for getting coverage if that's what they're trying to do on those shows it's a different thing if you're promoting to pr like as if you're leafleting you know people the public would probably quite like to see three different comedians doing 20 minutes each but you know at the end of the day the media they have to have a cut-off point to what they coverage cover because there's so many shows out there so the way that in that edinburgh is set up it's set up for awards that is based on hour-long shows so therefore the hour-long shows are the shows that the media are interested in do do you think there are too many awards no do you think there should be more (laughs) i think it's just about right right now in terms of freestyle thing i think what i mean from what they've mentioned to us as the acts on their thing it seems like they're trying to go for um a more profitable free show 
and a more uh, doable length of time for more performers rather than people booking hour slots, which is what's been the tradition. I think having... that's great uh, if they're trying something new, but don't expect media to go and see it. I think it's a great training ground for comedians Okay. to do th- have a three in an hour, three 20 minutes. Okay. And I mean, there was a lot of talk at the end of last year's Fringe where there were acts at uh, some of the big four who had sold out like half the run or three quarters of the run and had still gone home making a loss. Um, Yeah. And that's a lot down to the promoter, what kind of deal they managed to do with the venue. That is quite standard. Don't go to Edinburgh to make money. Use it as a platform to, to go to do other things. Okay. That's cool. How would, out of interest... How would you describe your role in maybe a sentence? (laughs) Well, I'm a publicist. I contact media on the act's behalf and try and get coverage in order to sell tickets. Okay. So your end result with everything is trying to sell tickets. For Edinburgh, what you want to do is raise their profile in order to sell tickets and also raising their profile for a greater good. They might want quotes because they're then going off on tour. Uh, They might you know be trying to get on tv you know everybody's everybody's different but obviously they want to get quotes with their name in it and also have their profile risen you know for me not it's not just about reviews and little news stories it's for certain acts you know big features or newcomers newbie features so you know we're we're targeting all media across the board to try and achieve that for our clients do you, do you have any like recommended like books or reading that people can do to kind of learn a bit more about PR? Uh, I'd say listen to this podcast. If um, I'm a performer doing under 40 minutes and I, I'm, I'm not, by the way, but if I, if I was doing mm. under 40 minutes and I obviously I'm not going to approach PR, but I would like to get a review in or I would like to get some sort of coverage. Mm. What would you say is a good tip or a good bit of advice for someone? I don't think you should be reviewed until you're ready. So I'd stay away from media until you're 100 percent ready. But what if you are? What if you have a, a really good 40 minutes and you and you think you're ready for that? Use it to get an agent in. Invite agents. Don't don't get let the media know about you at this stage. What's the so in your head? There's like a or in in media head in general. There's like a progression ladder from okay. So you've got 40 minutes. You want to get the agents involved. Yeah. And then when you've got the agents involved, you spend the rest of the next year getting to the hour. Yes. And then from that you get reviewers in. Yes. And then what like what's the thing after that you keep going but, but you keep on coming back year after year or you might be lucky enough to get your own tv show one of our clients is still coming back this year but he has his own sitcom dame baptiste who got a newcomer nomination last year so what, what but if, he's still coming back to the fringe what if your aim uh, as a performer isn't tv or, or radio it's it's to do more. to do stand-up yeah you just keep working on your stand-up and come back and do an even better hour the year after that was mel brown i had so much fun talking to her i i genuinely feel like um she very professionally and um very vibrantly answered every single thing i could possibly throw at her and i really respect her and i really feel like she is someone who regardless of your opinions on PR, is trying to do a good job and trying to develop the careers of people that she really believes in. So um, I had a lot of fun learning about PR. As I mean, I've, I've worked in PR agencies before um, and I still don't understand it, but I really respected the fact that she came on, 
and I was able to ask her quite blunt questions and quite openly she was able to tell me what she does and how she does it and give us such an insight into how the mind of a PR person works. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Mel, if you're listening, and thank you very much for listening if you are not Mel. So um, if if you think this podcast could benefit someone else, please do share a link uh, it would really help me out because it helps with download numbers and when guests ask how many people have downloaded the episodes, I really like being able to tell them there is X number of downloads that are happening on these episodes and it sort of encourages them to come on as well. If you have a minute as well, uh, I forgot to mention this at the start, uh, iTunes reviews would be great. Um, feel free to leave uh, who you would like me to bring on in iTunes. If you don't want to leave it there, um, do like just email me. My email address is all over the website. Um, once again, uh, join the Facebook group, join the newsletter, there's one-off donation options via PayPal on the website, and um, Patreon, again, is available if you would like to support the podcast. Don't go mad with it, by the way. If you can't afford to give $10 a podcast, don't. If you can afford $2 a podcast, which means I end up with about a pound after conversion rates and the site's taken their cut, please do that, because if you know a hundred of you or 200 of you give two dollars a podcast it really helps like it's not a case of i need large sums of money from people this can work at at batch lots of little amounts so if you can afford two three four five dollars a podcast please do take a minute go to patreon Um, if you want a reward do email me and if i can provide it i will thank you very much for listening thank you very much for supporting And I'll see you in about a week, maybe 10 days' time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.